1: This morning, calls for New York
5: Governor Andrew Cuomo to resign are growing louder, as a third woman accuses him of unwanted sexual advances. Our history is that much of the wealth of white families was accumulated at the expense of black, brown, and indigenous families. The extreme inequality and concentration of wealth and racial inequity is baked into our tax system because we only tax income and wages and not wealth. Well, this
0: version of the wealth tax says it covers all of your property doesn't matter whether it's held in uh, stock or in real estate or in racehorses everything is covered so there's no point in moving property around also wherever you hold it it is covered whether you hold it here in the US whether you hold it in the Cayman Islands
3: well unfortunately that means that uh, billionaires will be taking their racehorses to Costa Rica because uh, for now, without Liz Warren and the, the wacko progressive Democrats, for now you're allowed to expatriate, I think. Is that a word, Alice?
4: I guess so, yeah.
3: So, yeah, that's the, the new... Is that, is that part of the big bill? They want that in the big bill and reconciliation or is that a standalone bill? This is
4: going to be a standalone thing, I believe. <clears throat> okay.
3: This is the wealth tax or the u- ultimate mm-hmm. billionaire tax. But or-
4: Yellen has signaled that she's um, open to this idea.
3: Right, so this would tax, among other things, this would tax established assets, things that you've already had uh, or already have. Yeah, but
4: I mean, isn't this a uh, bit odd? Like, who decides how much something's worth? I mean, right? Like, your racehorses, you know? Like, do we have to tally up every piece of furniture in our house and decide how much it's worth with depreciation and get taxed on it? I mean, I know we don't actually have enough wealth to qualify for the tax, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like, people own a lot of stuff. And, like, what it's worth can well, sort of be open to interpretation. Well, that's
3: not... First of all, who, that is a way ancillary point to the problem. Mm-hmm. But there are uh, appraisals of houses, of property, of uh, resources.
4: Yeah, of, of a lot of things, but not, uh, but not everything, certainly, right? So there's already this question of what stuff is worth, right? And then on top of that, a lot of people's wealth isn't held in things that's liquid. Like, Jeff Bezos is very, very wealthy, mm-hmm. but... Um, a lot of his wealth is in the value of Amazon as a company. So what? He's got to sell off a chunk of Amazon every year to pay his wealth tax? I assume he does. And then he has to pay money on the capital gains of having sold Amazon, too. He has to pay additional tax on top of that to for, you know, when he sells something. It's like Janet Yellen said earlier this year, too, that she's open to taxing unrealized gains, which means, you know, normally when you hold, like, a stock... You pay tax when you sell it on the amount that you gained, right? Right. But she wants to tax every year how much the stock made, whether you sell it or not. You know, so if your stock grows 10%, she wants a piece of that, even if, you know, you're not selling it off. Which is odd because, you know, stocks go up and down, as you've learned on Robinhood Uh, very frequently so if the snapshot in time of when the taxes are assessed catches you at a time when they're high you're going to pay a bunch of taxes that you might end up selling those taxes at a point when they're actually worth you might end up selling those stocks at a point when they're actually worth less than that you know and it's not clear that they're going to pay you back if you make if you lose money on the stocks that you'll get a tax credit you know so so a lot of this like taxing wealth as it just exists is i mean first of all it's problematic just logistically you know it's hard to know what stuff is worth and who you're having appraise it is a question um but in addition to i
3: guarantee you i guarantee you she looks forward to making a a regulatory agency just for that
4: but the biggest problem of all is that by her estimates this wealth tax that she's proposed will raise 78 billion dollars
3: are you sure i thought a little more
4: no, it's 78 billion. That's what she said. This will get us 78 billion dollars a year, I mean if you have it, right? Like mm-hmm. this year it would get us 78 billion. But they've just spent like 5 trillion on COVID relief alone. <laughs> you know, we're talking about Well, let's listen to. By
3: the way, I'm in a I'm in a state of mourning right now, Alice.
4: Uh-huh. What's wrong?
3: Somebody who I was close to and we could even say um dating.
4: Okay,
3: has lost her chance to succeed, has been taken down by old white men.
4: Uh, Neera Tanden. Correct.
3: Neera Tanden's nomination has been withdrawn by Biden.
4: Oh man! I guess they weren't going to get Murkowski after all. I thought they were thought they were going to get Murkowski. I hope you're
3: somewhere. happy. I hope you're. Right. I love Nora, Nora Tandon. I love that. I love that she physically assaulted uh, somebody, a coworker. I love that she was vicious and mean and psychotic. I love her for all the same reasons I liked Klobuchar, who was mean to the interns. Um, and there you go. Just that, you know, this is why I can't have nice things, as I say. I also made that up, mm-hmm. by the way. All right, let's listen to some of the t- uh, the specifics about the tax. W- Here is one good thing about this tax. Other than the fact that when Bezos and everybody moves offshore and, uh, and out of the... They're going to
4: move off planet if it's up right. to Elon Musk.
3: Well, the wh- one good thing about us having a burnt orange minivan that's dented mm-hmm. and a dozen years old now is that um, this doesn't affect us.
4: That's true. And
3: it's we are a long wrong. way away. F- or yes, it, it is still wrong. So let's listen to it a little bit about the uh, tax. Where shall I start? Okay. This
0: is a tax that hits only the top one-tenth of 1%. And, you know, we, we're talking a lot about fairness in our tax system. The 99% in America are paying an...
3: Holy God. All right. It's, it's been a long day. As you know, I did morning radio today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, only so many times going I hear, me hearing about the 99%, and then the 1%. Did you know that, that some people are prioritized uh, Washington Street? Well, I'm sorry, Wall Street, Well, some people prioritize Main Street? <laughs> no, if you didn't know that, did you know that Warren Buffett's secretary mm-hmm. pays more in taxes than Warren Buffett? Did yeah, you know I've, that? Heard,
4: I've heard that. Yep. Yeah. those
3: All those things go together. Those are all things I've heard more than 175 billion times. Is it's the like, middle
4: class getting hammered?
3: Yes, they are. It's like when I was a concierge at a hotel. And I would say, and people would ask to get on the Freedom Trail, I would say, cross the street and you'll see a red line painted there, follow to the right, and they'd say, oh, follow the Yellowbrook Road. And after the <laughs> first 58 million times, I thought to myself, there's a good chance I'm going to stick a pistol in my mouth tonight and blow my brains out. Okay, back to Liz
6: Warren.
0: Average of about 7.2% of their total wealth in taxes. That top one-tenth of 1%, they're paying about 3.2%. Adding... Two cents in a wealth tax means they're still getting a great deal, but it's time for them to pay a fair two share. Two cents
3: is less than a cup of coffee. Well, that's yeah. not much at all. No, oh. seems very affordable. Okay, two cents to every piece of that afterwards. You know, so among other things that that are problematic about this
4: mm-hmm.
3: is this money they are taxing has already been taxed. Yeah. So this money has been taxed through income taxes and other levies. Uh, there is already an inheritance tax. You know, the, the, the state got a piece of the, your estate already.
4: Yeah. They taxed it all the time in your whole life while you were making it. If you invest it, they tax any interest that it makes. If you die and give it to your kids, they'll tax it again. And now if you just hang on to it, the, oh, and if you buy stuff, they'll tax that because you dared to buy something. They'll charge you sales tax. If you, you know, live in a house with it, they'll charge you a property tax on it. And then if you turn around and just, you know, let it sit in the bank, then they'll tax you for the privilege of just owning it now, according to Liz Warren. And this is the thing, too. Like I was saying, in order to now have liquid cash, like say it's sitting, say you're $50 million or whatever is sitting in a 401k. I don't even know what people who have $50 million, like where they keep their money, what type of financial assets they have, but whatever. Say it's in a 401k or something, and now you have to pay a wealth tax on it, so now you have to sell some of it to pay the wealth tax, and you'll pay tax when you withdraw the money from whatever, like financial vehicle, because now you're going to pay like the capital gains tax or whatever on it, right? So that's, they're going to get you like coming and going. It ends up being more of a tax than that because they're going to tax you for selling the thing in order to pay the tax that they've taxed you on on money that they already taxed you on when you made it and taxed you on when you earned interest on it and every other thing. They get you like coming, going, sideways, forward, backward, upside down. Every way they can think of to tax you, they're going to do
3: it. You are uh, coming to this from a Place of privilege, Alice. Mm-hmm.
5: U.S. billionaires have been...
3: This is Pramila Jayapal, um, a particularly um, cynical member of Congress.
5: She's uh, one of the people who was upset that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene somehow gave her COVID. Right, in this is from Washington, she's from
3: Washington State.
5: U.S. billionaires have become $1.3 trillion richer since COVID began.
3: What an odd metric that is. Right. I'm sorry, what are they supposed to do? Everybody needs to take a horrific hit. <laughs> yeah, you know who I have got a lot richer is uh, Pramila Jayapal and Elizabeth Warren. If the Dow did really well, which, mm-hmm. is, which it has, I bet you they did really well.
4: Yeah, and not only that, too, but they've also paid out a couple trillion in stimulus as well. So other people have also already gotten a chunk of money due to COVID as well. You know, there's there's money flying around. There's not, you don't, The wealth tax is a diversion from it's, you know, we're off roading now we've gone astray from the mission of COVID. So for them to somehow use the fact that some people made money during COVID as a reason we now all of a sudden need a wealth tax as though they weren't banging this drum for the last five years is
5: ridiculous. That is a 44% jump in their wealth just since March and it's not just a few billionaires getting wealthier. There have been 46 new billionaires created during this pandemic.
3: Criminals. Can you imagine that? Becoming yeah. a billionaire during a pandemic? <laughs> what kind of SOB would do that? <laughs> this is like a four-year-old debating this. No, it's not fair. It's just not. Because, no, he he should be, have nothing just like I do. He made more than me. That's not right. It's like our kids. Right. It's like it our is. kids. It is. It's one kid. Each kid should have one cookie per day. They all get at least eight per day. One gets nine, and the rest of them act like they're in freaking concentration camps. It's incredible. Uh, okay, let's go to... This is the meat of the uh, argument, Alice, which I think that you were knowingly stepping over okay. because you're othering people.
5: In- income and wealth distribution inequality has gone from being one of the most equal... To actually one of the most unequal among major racial groups in the United States. Now, this is no accident. Our history is that much of the wealth of white families was accumulated at the expense of black, brown, and indigenous families from legalized slavery to redlining. And the extreme.
3: So there is no doubt that there is credibility to this, to this narrative. Mm-hmm. But it is one factor. It is not the factor. Right. There was a lot going on. Uh you know, the guy uh, Andrew Carnegie came here from Ireland, uh, not a rich man and did what he mm-hmm. had to do without slaves. Perhaps uh, I I assume benefiting from the uh from the the fruits of slavery like everybody did and does including Pramila Jayapal.
4: Right.
3: You know, uh, you know the American story I hate to tell you is not That simple. Yeah,
4: it's very complicated. I mean, everyone has benefited from the – everyone who lives in America currently is benefiting and has benefited from the prosperity of this country, which, yes, was built on on, uh, practices that we nowadays find absolutely abhorrent, as was – the Roman Empire, and the ancient Chinese Empire, and ancient Egypt, and everywhere else. I mean, there, there, the world. And even
3: before the evils got to this continent, mm-hmm. the uh, the Indians or Native Americans themselves, there was not a. Um, there was what's When everybody's at peace, I'm missing words.
4: Um, I, I'm not sure. It was but, not a utopia,
3: right? These were they were fighting over uh, territory, and because that's you know they were following the. The the prey or whatever fruit they're eating down, around the country, mm-hmm. and the weather, etc., and it like we said, like the very like second podcast I ever did. This planet is full of jerks. It always has been, mm-hmm. and we are mean to each other. And we are tribal people, and we've been tribal people forever. And so when you needed to eat and, and preserve your own tribe. It it was um it was it behooved you a lot of times to decimate the other tribe or do whatever it took to discourage them from hanging around. And this is long before this evil continent came to be. But it happened on this continent from the very beginning. The moment people mm-hmm. got here, there are problems.
4: Right, and we have standards now that we didn't have five hundred or two hundred years ago in terms of how nations behave and, you know, how far they can go to protect their interests and how people treat each other. We just, things have changed a lot. And, you know, to pretend that we're going to just, like, stick our standards of morality and ethics now on the entire past and somehow, like, make up for that by a wealth tax that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with that. I mean, like I'm gonna go out on a limb and guess that there are some black millionaires in this country too that would be, hip, or certainly black fifty millionaires, ultra millionaires, or mm-hmm. whatever we're calling them, right? I mean, so I assume they're not exempt from the tax because they were hurt by slavery, even though they were just as much as any other black person in the That's U.S. That's a very now. good point. You know, why
3: should so, Oprah have to pay this money? Yeah. You're right. According to um, Pramila Jayapal, Oprah should not have to.
5: Inequality and concentration of wealth and racial inequity is baked into our tax system because we only tax income and wages and not wealth that has been amassed through business or equity or real estate, fine arts. And then we pass it down through inheritances, remaining free of taxes for the most part the whole time. So it's a wealth inequality level that no other leading country in the world has seen. Our legislation, as the senator said, finally helps just level the playing field and <laughs> ensures that the wealthiest begin to pay their fair share. And it does so, all the while investing trillions of dollars into our community.
3: So wealth inequality. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. So if I get enough money here, if I mm-hmm. if I gain enough money to have Oprah money, but then you have Bezos money, are we both wealthy, or is there wealth inequality?
4: Um, there's wealth inequality.
3: So, every, so at the end of it, all has to be equal. The wealth, the income has to be equal. And if for one reason or another, it, the citizenry is not making it equal through their own actions and choices, then the it, the, it must be leveled down regard regardless, flattened down. Right. Okay. Um, The other thing.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: I'm losing it. I can't think of it.
4: You can't think of what?
3: I can't think of the other thing.
4: I don't know. We lost it. Um, I don't know what other thing you were going to talk about. Was it about the billionaire's tax still?
3: Yep. It's just another point to this.
4: I mean, I don't know. I'm blown away. So here's another estimate. They're saying um, this policy would raise three trillion over a decade. Oh, so I've got it. Again. That's another one. Okay, so that's like three hundred billion. That's a little bit more than the other estimate I was reading, but yeah, I mean, like it's still that's not enough. Three trillion over a one decade we could pay for one stimulus bill, basically. I mean, it's not. This is not. This is drop in the bucket money. That we're talking about in terms of the size of the federal budget. This doesn't do anything. This is just pure punishment for people that Elizabeth Warren feels got too rich. And if you think it stops with those people, then you're wrong. Because they're not going to be able to do all the things that they think they should be able to do with that money. You know, and they're going to want to lower the limits and come for people who have even less than that.
3: Here's the other thing that's going to happen. Okay. Just after World War Two. The top marginal, t- marginal tax rate, income tax rate, was mm-hmm. around 90% at some points. Right. Now, and this, the the pull, mm-hmm. the take from, the, the haul from this will be very high as well on paper.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: How many people do you think paid that 90% tax rate after World War II? Uh,
4: not very many.
3: Not very many. Because people who are in the tax brackets to pay 90%, just like people who are going to get torpedoed by this mm-hmm. wealth tax, have means and they have influence over politicians. So they're going to go over to people like uh, Pramila Prim- Jayapal and say, hey, maybe you don't know, but I've got a lot of racehorses, 100,000 racehorses and, uh, and 16 uh, you know, uh, residents in uh, Washington state. Mm -hmm. Now, my resources happen to be this breed, and my residences happen to be uh, green in this way, and it would really do me a lot of good in my family and heirs if uh, Mm -hmm. I were given a loophole to get away from that. And you can call it what you want. As a matter of fact, my lawyers have already written this piece of legislation Mm -hmm. for you, and it's called the Green Prairies uh, Preservation Act. And it has to do with loopholes that, uh, for people who are uh, enhancing the the fauna and flora uh, of uh, uh, of uh, Washington state. So I would really like you to vote for this, Bill, and your friends. And, you know, the, the only reason I'm taking this meeting is I've already made uh, the maximum possible donation to you and my family. And we've made a huge uh, donation to the uh, DNC. And every other pack that we can find that, mm-hmm. that leads to you. And so I'd really like you to do this. And Pramila of Jayapal will say, no problemo.
4: Right, of course. There will be carve-outs for everything because... There will people- be
3: carve-outs for every single... Any rich person could always could already just give the money. Mm-hmm. But they don't because rich people like keeping their money.
4: Yeah, that's generally how they became rich in the first place.
3: Right. So uh, this is... Income inequality. This is why the world is over,
2: mm-hmm.
3: because that was a haggard old, dusty college profess- professor, out of Berkeley or Harvard argument that that I'd have at bars in the in the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. It was just such a it's such an old haggard uh, freshman year uh, um, you know argument debate to have. The fact that now it's taken seriously, brought back. To these serious-minded thinkers, mm-hmm. and, and these words are said without embarrassment? Right. That ain't good. This is mm-hmm. bad. And it's going to be bad for the horses. You know that? It's going to be bad for the horses. The people are going to euthanize all their horses. Mm-hmm. You know? All right. I'm handing off to you, Els. I'm fatigued.
4: <sighs> well... um. Governor Cuomo still not having a really good time. Um,
3: I don't like it when Jonah says "fatigued." I'm never saying that again.
4: Okay, I'm sorry. Don't complain I
3: about. You don't have to. Why are you? Do you apologize for what <laughs> Jonah Goldberg says? I don't know. No, I, I'm sorry. I wish I didn't say "fatigued" because nobody wants to hear that I'm tired. Everybody's tired. Shut up, Tom. Governor, I'm not that tired.
4: Governor Cuomo still not having a good week. Um, I don't remember if last time we were here we were up to two, three accusers yet or just two, but. Um, He's up to three accusers, and the legislature, was just announced a couple hours ago, has reached a deal. They're planning to vote now to strip him of his COVID emergency powers. So,
3: I think that's wise, considering (laughs) he may be going home very quickly.
4: So that is over for him. It is also what used to be known as Dr. Seuss Day today, and is now known as... March
3: 2nd, it's his birthday. Yes, it's Dr. Seuss's birthday. It's Dr. Seuss
4: Day, but it's been renamed... Read Across America Day?
3: Mm, that's not true. That is not true. Uh, Read Across America Day was done on March 2nd out of Dr. Doctor- for Dr. Seuss, mm-hmm. but he's been expunged mm-hmm. from the Read Across America Day yeah, he's list. He's not in it anymore. But President Biden took him out and the under great pressure exterior and interior, the Theater Geisel People Foundation people, whoever mm-hmm. they are now, have decided to whack 6 of his books which mm-hmm. is totally horse bleep. Uh,
4: Yeah, six uh, of his books.
3: For racist depictions. Yeah. So, and, by the way, The Cat in the Hat is on probation.
4: Oh, they all are. I mean, yes. yeah, there's people that think that The Cat in the Hat is meant to look like a minstrel show or something. Hmm. So, I mean, if the Dr. Seuss Foundation people think that by getting rid of these six books, they can make this group of people happy and you know it will be fine it just confirms for them that dr seuss is a racist when you take the books off the list they go ha ha see yeah we exactly. are very problematic exactly. yep so and this is crazy because amazon has now removed the book listings from not just amazon but from um, I don't know if it's Abe Books or whatever, the used book site. I've never heard someone say it. I've only used it um, that they also own. So you can't even, if you have the used copy. So like on the internet, these books are now going for like $10,000, these band books. I assume this will calm down a little. You can also get PDFs of them online if you want to like print them just to have, you know, archival the, proof that such things once existed And I've seen for some the- of
3: these pictures and these pictures, mo- many of these pictures would not be okay in a new book for certainly for the, for the, for the times, mm-hmm. I mean, the there there's pictures of of uh, black people in there, which are very uh, well. They're
4: from like the 1930s, exactly. Right? The books are. So they're so, very
3: jungleized in a way, exaggerated that you would never do. Mm-hmm. There's Asian pictures in the there,
4: Asian depictions, exactly. I, the exactly. You would heard never do that. Problem
3: now. That said, the white people look ridiculous too. <laughs> this is Doctor Seuss. This is a guy who makes everybody look crazy. This is his whole thing is a psychedelic trip of weirdness. Right. That he does. This is also a guy who is a huge leftist and semi-communist. Oh, yeah.
4: And, and, and his family has said, you know, as they're doing this, like there wasn't a racist bone in their in his body. Right. This is what he would want. If people were being hurt by something he did, he would want it gone. He wouldn't want it made anymore. Wouldn't it be
3: a nice... I mean, wouldn't it be a nice thing if you publish the books as they were, publish the books in a new way? Sure. And and if you wanted to, you could show as they were. and That could be a learning thing, too.
4: Right, yeah. And I think... I think too it raises some big questions about intellectual property rights. I by rights the way, have general. been on
3: record about books in general.
4: Books is dumb. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like books a lot personally. And I think this raises a lot of interesting questions about intellectual property rights too. You know, to what extent does some a book that was written by Dr. Seuss and has been beloved by people for generations what, to what extent does it belong to one small group of people who can decide whether or not it can ever be printed again by anybody? You know, and, and to what extent do we want that? I saw somebody use the example online today. Dr. Martin Luther King's speeches are copyrighted. They're owned by the family. So if a billionaire wanted to buy them up and then a year later decided to stop printing them, would everyone just be okay with that? Like, sorry, I'm just not printing. No, nope, nobody can ever print Dr. Martin Luther King's speeches again because I own the copyright and I'm not printing them right like is that so i mean i think we need intellectual property reform obviously in this in the world and in this country too uh clearly for a variety of reasons um but but i definitely think there should be a thing where if you refuse to print a book for a certain amount of time your copyright expires like seven years or something you know and then they just maybe, go into the public maybe, domain. but
3: the, the real the, the problem is and that's tr- you know maybe policy-wise that's right the problem is is that so that people want to do this the mm-hmm. people want to delete and get rid of creations creative uh mm-hmm. products got uh, content it's crazy just have more of the books in if you don't you can write a book that yeah does a different thing
4: it's a, it these aren't a- books that no one wanted to buy these are books that People were still willing to buy and have around and stuff. And And people were damaging books.
3: And for now, to also cancel Laura Ingalls Wilder, Little House in Her Prairie Books, because of the depiction of Native Americans. Like we talked about earlier tonight, she was there. Who the hell are you to tell her what it was like? Right. I mean, my God, that's really? That's not
4: what Native Americans were like, Laura. It's, like,
3: it's ridiculous. And Babar, we can't have Babar. Bar-
4: is cause, cause a, Babar is Canton. I love Babar. Because
3: of colonialism. Because he went away and then came back to the jungle and showed them all new cool tricks and how to use modern appliances. And that's not right. No, 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 no. No, no. no. Yeah. And these are all, this is all freaking fiction, except for Laura mm-hmm. Ingalls. And There's...
4: Curious George.
3: Right, because, because he goes
4: to Africa and brings back a monkey and civilizes right. it.
3: That's You know, m- yeah. monkeys themselves just are symbols of racism now. The yeah. monkey exhibit, I I swear to God, the monkey exhibit at zoos will be going away. <laughs> we just can't <laughs> handle it because we've created this new, it's really this new psychosis here where we're supposed to be ultra sensitive to any kind of symbolic depictions of the, the uh, you know, accepted list of things which are to offend mm-hmm. us that you, you how can you have that right. i mean it was it, it, it it's happened in other ways i mean there was a time right after nine eleven, that you couldn't show the twin towers you know you got mm-hmm. rid of them at the beginning credits of friends and the beginning credits of even after uh, the sopranos right but i mean i that was also i would think a business decision but we were all a little freaked because there they were and now they're crumbled mm-hmm. but this other thing that we're seeing here this is a ginned up construction. You know, you're taught. You have to be taught to hate the the story of uh, Babar. You mm-hmm. know, that's not a visceral thing that you're seeing and saying, oh my God, I can't, I don't want to see that because I know what happened. It's not, a, it's mm-hmm. not, it, it, it's something that's taught behavior.
4: Well, right. And also a- on my list of books that I have been thinking of uh, buying hard copies of While I Still Can is definitely like Tintin. You never read Tintin, It's about the doggy,
3: right? Please, dog. There's... German Shepherd, or is no. that in Tintin?
4: No, yeah, that's not Tintin. Tintin is a, a Belgian... Reporter with a dog named Snowy, and he talks to Captain Haddock and Professor Calculus. They go to the God, moon. God, it sounds wonderful. They, <laughs> I don't. It's it t- 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 really great, but there are Let's very. Let's expand that one. I'm there, for there, it. <laughs> there are very there are some culturally insensitive depictions in there because of the era that they come from, and you know it just. Uh, I mean, of like Italians and stuff too. I'm sure there's all kinds of culturally insensitive <laughs> depictions in them, but you know, there's um. There, there are a lot of things out there that are flawed and imperfect and come from a time when, you know, stuff seems odd to us because the past really is a different country in a lot of ways, you know. Mm. But, um, you know, it's important that perspective in itself is important, first of all, the to realize... You know, how much the era you live in shapes you and your values and what you think is important and, you know, the way that you think and perceive things. But also, you know, there's stuff that's valuable that um, that is flawed or that isn't like our culture that we come from. You know, certainly large sections of the Bible are very, very culturally strange to us. You know, sure. certainly large portions of like the Iliad or the Odyssey are very culturally strange to us because they come from a, a place in time that's as different from us as you could possibly be. So, I mean, it's funny to me, at least, that we're doing this and we're getting rid of anything that's different from us because of diversity, so-called, you know, because there's almost nothing that's more diverse from us than than things from the past you know modern day diverse YA authors who come who have a variety of gender identities and cultural identities and all sorts of things um they are they are all much more like each other and much more like us like you and me and the people around us than you know, somebody living in the 1800s was, than Laura Ingalls Wilder was. She is much more different from all of us than any of us are from each other. You know, we we know more about how a a you know non-binary trans person. In who's multiracial thinks about the world than we do about how Laura Ingalls Wilder thinks about the world because that is so much more different so it's just funny to me that we're getting rid of these things in the name of diversity when clearly what we actually want is nothing to be at all different at all we want nothing that veers out of like a very narrow band of life experiences that we want to depict and understand
3: well, right. Well, that's the that's the effort that's on, mm-hmm. and the thing is that, that 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 is meant to feel more egregious, so, and it's meant to mm-hmm. be more egregious. It's meant to ratchet up more oh, and right. more and be more invasive. And you talk about the the idea that you can't that that these that these um, books, the Seuss books, are in great demand now because nobody's selling them. They're on eBay now, et cetera. Some people have some Seuss books, probably mm-hmm. some of these, maybe even us have some of these We Seuss have books.
4: some, my mom has some yeah. Some
3: people have them These people who want these books gone, they want those books gone too Oh yeah Definitely So maybe they're gonna- they'll
4: have a dangerous book buyback, the way that we have gun buybacks and stuff Do you remember in the, when the town we used to live in mm-hmm. had a toy gun buyback?
3: Right, after uh, Sandy Hook, they had a Yeah, toy and violent toy. Yes, so it could be a video game, anything they would give you bank credit for, something like that, which has made a whole (laughs) lot of sense, I think. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I'm going to move us along here for a second. Do you mind? Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So um, I want to get to this because I promised to play this a couple days ago, and this is about how the press sucks. So here's CNN's Nick Watt. This is just something I grabbed today just for a second because CNN did this large uh, package about three minutes on the vaccines and the new Johnson Johnson working mm-hmm. with Merck or whatever vaccine yeah. that's coming out. And Biden now saying, oh, everybody's going to be vaccinated by uh, May or whatever mm-hmm. he's saying, which it couldn't be more scripted if it wanted to be. You know, we saw this for, mm-hmm. forever. But listen to CNN. They start out talking about the vaccines and the fact that there's a new strain
7: of virus as mm-hmm. well. And it takes a turn. Houston just became the first city in America to log cases of every major variant. But it is now time to open Texas 100%. 100%.
3: Houston became the first city to find all the variants. But cut to uh, Greg Abbott saying Mm -hmm. we're opening
7: Texas wide open. Meanwhile... Team Biden is still sticking to two doses within a month of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines.
2: Even though you can get a fair degree of, quote, protection after a single dose,
7: it clearly is not durable. But there's a ghost at the feast, the rump of Team Trump. The former Surgeon General today tweeting, good protection for many with one shot is better than great protection for a few. Later adding... I'm not saying it's 100% the right way to go. So then they got, that's the old Surgeon General.
3: General. Remember, he mm-hmm. was a black Drill guy. Adams, yeah. Right, exactly. So now they show this woman, a, a, a woman who's in, who uh, wears a whittling lab coat, a black woman, to offset what he said.
5: I think that he should park his Twitter fingers for a
4: few minutes. The Trump administration has a lot to answer for with how their vaccine plan rolled out. So
3: what what journalism is that you know get somebody get somebody who's a minority to call him an idiot okay mm-hmm. she was wearing a lab coat did you say anything medical about anything no did she offer information like he did nope that's fine so
7: mask mandates will soon be no more in mississippi and texas and a week from tomorrow in texas all businesses can reopen 100 percent now Explaining this decision, the governor said that part of it is due to the great vaccine rollout. But if you look at the percentage of people actually vaccinated in Texas, that state ranks pretty
3: low. So there you go.
7: Bad mm-hmm. Trump, evil, bad
3: vaccine. Trump people, conservative Republicans, bad. All of them bad. Their medical people, bad. The governor's bad.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Causing the death. They're causing the death. They're causing the death. Everybody keeps saying they're causing the death. Keep the no. drummers. Now, good.
4: And now it's interesting because it doesn't seem to make a lot of difference. Somebody tweeted this today, you know, showing a bunch of states that are nearby each other, including Florida and and Georgia and Alabama, that all, uh, you know, some of them have mask mandates and have things closed and locked down, and some don't, and the curve looks exactly the same in all of them. It's like there, all, all the lines are right by each other. There's mm-hmm. no difference that we can see in the difference the lockdowns and the mandates make. There, there just isn't. You know, we California and Florida look pretty much the same, even right. though California's well, closed. Well, and those Florida's are facts, open. and the media is
3: not interested in that because the media is doing something else, which is why I brought this this audio at yeah. all. And it, it brings me to the question of what what is the reason for the modern day media the 2021 media to exist and the reason for it to exist now the reason to be a journalist now mm-hmm. is very different than it was so uh matt taibbi talked to, with the guys from the fifth column podcast a couple days ago you should follow the fifth po- column podcast it's matt welch and jameel jameel foster and um mm-hmm. uh, who's the last guy i don't remember I don't he's from I massachusetts. massachusetts i should know him Maybe it, I'd be honored if you noticed that I forgot his name. So anyway, so listen, this is how you'd be talking about. It's basically changing from. This is how you'd be talking about first um, the job of a reporter changing.
6: It's basically changing from viewing the job as a fact gathering uh, mission, where you don't really particularly care how people deal with the information after they after they get it to to this. Thing that's much more like being a politician, where you're trying to convince somebody to do something,
3: right? So that's what we just heard with CNN. Instead of just reporting on what's going on mm-hmm. with the vaccines and the governor, Trump, he's pushing, he's advocating right. for a particular. The end was already known. Mm-hmm. The Republicans and the le- and the right and Trump and conservatives are bad and suck. All this fact finding stuff I do, I'm only using that to push that now. Mm-hmm. And if I happen to have to report on the former Surgeon General, I'm going to offset that with another uh, with another medical person and do that because that's what it's about now. It, it, they had mentioned actually the the uh, something that's gone now is the element of being surprised. And in the podcast, they talked about this and. And that's something that you see with rarely now, but with a few good reporters, but you used to see a lot more with reporters, was reporters would would have their own political beliefs, Mm -hmm. no doubt, but they would go out and report and welcome the element of being surprised. Mm
2: -hmm. Wow,
3: I'm surprised. I went to cover this Democrat, and it turns out he's a total a-hole. I'm going to write about that. What a surprise. Rather than covering for the guy in advocating for the guy. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, they mentioned Hunter S. Thompson, who I don't know anything about because too many people who I know who love him are not my kind of people. But Hunter S. Thompson, um, you know, would do this. He was obviously a big lefty and a little nuts, or a lot nuts. And he'd go out and follow politicians in the 60s and 70s. And a lot of the people he thought he'd like on the left he didn't like and some of the people on the right he thought he hated he was fine with and was surprised to find it Mm -hmm. and it would go into his you'd be surprised along with him in his writing so this is taibi on how he thinks um why why journalism has changed this way right and he talks about his dad apparently was a reporter as well so he kind of begins there
6: my dad and i used to talk about this a lot because uh, when he first got in in the late '60s, you know, he was a—he started when he was 17 years old. Um, and when you know, once upon a time, journalism was like—it was more like a trade than a profession. The people who went into newspaper reporting—they were likely to be the sons and daughters of electricians and plumbers. Um, it was not a high-class profession where you know the ed- the educated elite were going to go into. Being reporters for the local newspaper, um, there's a great joke that was attributed to Walter Winchell, where he's, you know, he's saying somebody asks him, "Are you still in radio? Are you still in journalism?" And he's like, "Yeah, but don't tell my mother; she still thinks I'm a piano player in a whorehouse." Uh, <laughs> and but then, you know, all the president's men happens, and it becomes like a sexy thing for young rich kids, you know, like me, frankly, right, upper class uh, <laughs> white white kids who go to go to prep schools. Um, and, and then what I, th- I, think there was another change when, you know, all the sort of working class people left the business long before Donald Trump came along. But then when Trump came along, it, I think that was a huge thing for a lot of people in the business. It was like, you know, this was our fault. Uh, we should, we should have stopped this. Um, there was a total lack of, uh, belief in the public's ability to make rational decisions, Uh, and so, you know, like, like people who are used to having a lot of influence do, they took it upon themselves to, to, um, to, to feel like it was their fault that this had happened rather than saying, look, we gave everybody the information about this and they just made this decision, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's a big change. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I think it has a lot to do with class.
3: How perfect is that? Mm-hmm. He's absolutely right.
2: Right.
3: He's absolutely right. And this is it does have to do with glass. He's totally it's it's totally true. Um and by the way, Taibi went to the um went to school next to you in Concord at that private oh, okay. school. What's it called?
4: Uh, boys'
3: school or private school?
4: Concord Academy. I
3: think so. Okay. And Michael Moynihan. Who's the other host? Mm-hmm. Also graduated from Concord, wow. Mass Massachusetts. So,
4: so I believe the tuition there when I was in high school was one of the highest around, and that was like thirty grand a year. Because I knew people that went there, but uh, I assume it's gone way up since then. Because that was, you know, approximately the tuition out of college back then. So it's probably like sixty uh, now.
3: God, we'd have to sell one of our racehorses. <laughs> imagine
4: that. Imagine.
3: Oh, uh, uh, never, never, never. Want uh, some real... Uh, do we hit a little Cuomo or we, have we done that enough? Well, um, I
4: said Cuomo a little bit. Um,
3: well, let me just tell you how, why you're just learning about Cuomo being a predator now and why you're just learning about Cuomo um, being uh, somebody who would cook the books and actually be terrible at handling COVID and uh, do something very cynical, if not illegal. By moving numbers around so that he could uh, win the uh, pissing contest between he and uh, DeSantis. And it has a lot to do uh, with this.
2: Before we start tonight, uh, let me say something that I'm sure is very obvious to you who watch my show. And thank you for that. You're straight with me. I'll be straight with you. Just
3: shut up, Chris. Obviously, I'm aware
2: of what's going on with my brother. And obviously, I cannot cover it because he is my brother. Now, of course, CNN has to cover it. They have covered it extensively and they will continue to do so. I have always cared very deeply about these issues and profoundly so. I just wanted to tell you that there's a lot of news going on that matters also, so let's get after that. So, the reason
3: why things like the nursing home scandal, which was known about mm-hmm. now since last summer, the reason why those uh, things and really more about Cuomo's uh, thugginess, is thugginess one? Else? Thuggishness. Thuggishness is, is being found out just about now, is because. Chris Cuomo, who's not allowed to cover his brother, was covering his brother in the summer. But instead of talking about actual nursing home deaths and his brother's own ethical and uh, private problems, he was talking like this.
2: I just hope you recognize what even I'm able to recognize being spawned from the same wolf pack. I hope you are able to appreciate what you did in your state and what it means for the rest of the country now and what it will always mean to those who love and care about you the most. I'm wowed by what you did. And more importantly, I'm wowed by how you did it. This was very hard. I know it's not over, but... Obviously, I love you as a brother. Obviously, I'll never be objective. Obviously, I think you're the best politician in the country. Um, but I hope you feel good about what you did for your people because I know they appreciate it. Th- and
3: just quickly, how positive are you about those nursing home death numbers? Because it seems like there's a disparity between what you're reporting, what we're
2: seeing from nursing homes. It's perfect. You'll have your critics. Thank you. But I've never seen anything like what you did. Thank and you. that's why I'm so happy to have had you on the show. Um, and I hope you know that. What I did here was right and uh whatever you know was a political no win as you said from day one you have people on both sides and you couldn't make anybody happy so you just do what's right i did what was right i'm comfortable with what i did i think the facts bear it out i think the numbers bear it out i think we saved tens of thousands of lives but i did what was right and you do what is right you tell the truth you get up every night and you tell the truth whether they like it or not
3: you grab the girl by the face and you put your hand down her back and you ask uh, the it's one of your- Year old, if she wants wants to have sex with old people like you, and <laughs> tell her you're okay with having sex with young people like her. That's I did what was right. So there you go.
4: Hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, so he's hired Harvey Weinstein's lawyer now and Woody Allen's lawyer. So him and all his aides, they're they're you know the the CYA has started in earnest now. They're in on defense at the moment. And like I said earlier, they're going to take away his COVID emergency powers and all that. Um, But, you know, uh, in the meantime, plenty of people are getting canceled left and right for other things, smaller things than that. Um, Amanda Gorman, the youth poet laureate who spoke at Biden's inauguration. um, She hand selected recently a translator to translate her poetry.
3: Now, a translator is simply somebody who does language communication stuff. hmm Okay.
4: So she hand-selected a translator um, uh, to translate her collection, The Hill We Climb, including her inauguration poem for Biden, uh, into Dutch. And um, she chose the, um, the non-binary Dutch author, Marika Lucas Reineveld um who speaks Dutch presumably um and you know is a poet herself and every or themselves I guess and uh you know so this was all everybody was on board with this but she's now been or they've now been removed from the project Marika Reinfeld because um it should be a black person so the publisher and the company has been told that it, this is not a person who should um who should be translating this because that um because it's according to people it's an incomprehensible choice in the view of many people uh, who express their pain frustration anger and d- disappointment via social media isn't it to say the least a missed opportunity to have hired Marika Lucas reineveld for this job they are white non-binary and have no experience in this <laughs> that's field that's that's great so so much for that That cancel
3: all of those books too please
4: that's good get rid of that um the la teachers union wants gavin newsom to know that his school reopening plan is a recipe for propagating structural racism so that seems very normal and okay um they're saying essentially that it's just rich white people who want their kids back in school and that well, the disease kills off uh, people of color, so that they're right. willing to trade black lives for that. Um, Tell me when
3: your punch list is done, because I have important national, local, and global breaking news.
4: Um. Okay. I was excited to um hear the genderless voice.
3: Do you want to hear the genderless voice? We'll play the genderless voice. That's fine. <laughs> this is a voice assistant, Ike Siri.
4: Mm-hmm. In case you are offended by the lack of diversity of choices for your voice assistants.
3: Well, good news. And note the uh, rising and soaring, optimistic, um, New Beginnings movement music.
1: Hi, I'm Q, the world's first genderless voice assistant. Think of me like Siri or Alexa, but neither male nor female. I'm created for a future where we are no longer defined by gender but rather how we define ourselves my voice was recorded by people who neither identify as male nor female and then altered to sound gender neutral putting my voice between 145 and 175 hertz a range to...
3: i have a question about the um the engineering of this product <laughs> how how does a voice that identifies neither as male nor female sound different than a voice <laughs>
4: Well, can you tell if it's male or female?
3: I don't know, but it gets put through the the genderator here. <laughs> the so. the
4: G- de genderer
1: by, ...by audio researchers. But for me to become a third option for-
4: Do these people not have a pandemic?
1: <laughs>
3: and everything else going on? Well, they want you
4: to write to Apple and let them know that there's yes. now a genderless voice assistant.
3: I think Siri's is such an a-hole in that other thing, too, that, that our other friends Alexa. have. Alexa, I... I am so against that unless they either of them ever want to advertise I don't like people who say Alexa, volume down Alexa, volume down Alexa, I don't want to be friends with people who do that Mm -hmm. or Alexa, lights Alexa, kitchen light Alexa, light on Shut up Just go Mm -hmm. press the button so I don't have to hear you yell at your tiny (laughs) butler It's like, Jesus
1: (sighs) Voice assistance I need your help Share my voice with Apple, Amazon, Google, and Microsoft. And together we can ensure. I want
3: the comprehensive list of everybody who shares that voice with all of those people. I want to know where those people are at all times. Here's the voice <laughs> actors. Speaking of uplifting
1: music. Yeah, society always wants to put you in a box. I hope that. I hope that people would not assume gender based on voices more in the future.
3: Thing. If they're going to make your voice Siri, aren't they putting you in a box?
4: I mean, I suppose literally. But I it... suppose, yes, <laughs> Alice,
3: be impressed with that comment.
4: Okay, it's very impressive, funny.
1: Let's move into a genderless world. My voice is more than a pre-assigned gender. Oh, My geez. voice is more than a box to click. My voice is more than this. Well,
3: or that. We found another bunch of people who are pissed off about something. I <laughs> agree, great. Congratulations on that gender voice thing. Sally, do you want to get? want us to get Alexa? Well, not with a voice like it has. You wait until mommy writes her letters to Microsoft, and maybe we'll do it when he gets the new voice. All right, you did you have anything else, or can I that's go it, to that's my important all I had. thing? I have breaking news.
4: Breaking news. What's up?
3: Two items. One, the Shattuck family was a victim of a hate crime today. <laughs> also, the Brush family. And while well, we can't give their names, silly. Also, the other family, our mm-hmm. neighbors, our our mailboxes are in tandem mm-hmm. next Dip. to each other. And there was a fatal hit and run, or something. We think fatal it was a- only
4: to mailboxes. No fa- people or animals were harmed, thankfully. Although they easily could have been if don't one un- of us had don't been don't down there. Don't
3: unperson our mailboxes. I repaired that thing a few months ago. I it know took that's me hours. true.
4: It was attacked by a plow, and Thomas right. Shedick fixed it
3: exactly. So something, somebody ran over it. My daughter heard a, a horn. And something smashes glass all over the sidewalk. So they just screwed right by. They There's, probably were texting and driving whatever. We believe it is a they, school bus. Yes, because we've got are... some DNA. I've got DNA. So if that was you in the bus, I've got DNA. It's only a matter of mm-hmm. time, my friend.
4: So, but, um, yeah, because there I also was... went
3: to the bus station today in... In, well, it could have still,
4: still been out At if large was, is
3: what we say Alice. It could
4: have still been at large dropping kids off Because ah. it's likely There's a big transportation company around here mm-hmm. That does our school district And some of the other ones around okay. here So there was a hate so, crime Well but I talked to them They think it probably is one of theirs Because there was uh, glass in chunks of yellow fiberglass Probably like 50 yards down the sidewalk There, I mean, There was a lot of stuff Down the sidewalk? Yeah
3: Oh, further down.
4: Yeah, down by the retainer oh, the oh, neighbor's oh, 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 wall. So anyway, I brought in a couple pieces because I didn't want them to get Let's lost. Let's swab up. it.
3: Let's swab it and make sure. All right, All right, ready? So now, this is the important story. Okay. Sally, you're going you're gonna to like this too. You can even get on camera with mommy if you'd like. The, the um results are in. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's, Minnesota's name a snowplow contest is in. They had a, they have eight new snowplows in okay. Minnesota. They've allowed people to, everybody in the state, to vote on what to name them. These are huge, big snowplows. Okay. The winners have been decided, including the number one winner, which I like a lot. So <laughs> here we go. There are 25, there are 25 uh, submissions. Okay. Would you like to hear them all? These are the nom- these are the nominations nominations for the best name for the snowplows. Eight okay. of them are winners. The last eight are going to be winners. Here's the twenty-five. Ready? Mm-hmm. Snowplow. You know what it is, right? A snowplow. So I know what a snowplow okay, is. <laughs> yeah. Sally. Do you know what a snowplow yes! is? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Number twenty-five. Purple snow. Now I believe that's an homage to
4: purple rain.
3: To Prince because he's mm-hmm. from Minnesota. That's fine. Okay. Number twenty-four, Minnesota, nice, okay. with the ice I C E at the end. Okay, capitalized. Gotcha, you get Gotcha. It? These aren't great so far. <laughs> uh, this next one is got to be done by kids because it's stupid and we know the kids mm-hmm. are dumb. Uh, Frosty the snowplow. <laughs> That's not funny, Sally. Don't laugh. At, <laughs> you don't laugh at the dumb one. Okay. Number twenty-two, spirit of ninety-one. If I don't laugh at the dumb one, why do I laugh at James when he tries to jump rope? Ooh, nicely. Nice shot, at Sally. Uh, Spirit of 91.
4: Is that a reference that I should know?
3: I don't get it, but fine. Uh, maybe there was a huge storm in 91. <laughs> Number 21. Oh, Snow, you didn't.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Which we like. <laughs> Number 20, and I don't know how there was... This is this number 20 got 8.6% of the vote. And I don't know how this is possible that multiple people would vote for this, but I'm not in Minnesota. Uh, Number 20 is tater tot hot dish. (laughs) Number number 19 with 9% of the vote (laughs) is... (laughs) is, I think, Alice, we may need to move off of this planet, actually. (laughs) Number 19, Sally, you'll know this one. This is the name of the snowplow. In Minnesota. Okay. Number 19 with 9% of the vote is... <laughs> this is this would get the Shattuck votes, probably. Number 19 with 9% of the vote is Buzz Ice Clear. <laughs> That's from Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is from something called Toy Story, if you guys didn't know. Have you seen it?
2: Thousands
3: of times. Okay. Buzz Ice Clear. <laughs> uh... Oh, okay. Number 18, with 9.2% of the vote, is (laughs) Plowabunga. Number 17, with 9.4% of the vote, is Raspberry Berberet. Do you get it? I get it. Prince song, Raspberry Mm -hmm. Beret, but now it's Raspberry Berberet. I get it. That's somebody who knew that they wouldn't. They can't name a plough that really, but they thought, you know, I gotta get I have to get this out in the I world. I have one joke. Yep. Uh this one I don't know, but maybe you would, Alice. Six number sixteen. Ten percent of the vote is Le Plough du Nord. The plough of the
4: North?
3: Yeah, okay. Sorry, Miss uh fifteen seventy uh SATs. Apparently your French wasn't that uh deep. There mm-hmm. we go. Sally you're gonna like this one. Number 16. These are the name of the snowplows. These are large pickup trucks. Okay.
4: You
3: know what okay. snowplows are. This is a uh, number we get it, Tom. number Just s- read the names. What? <laughs> what is this? This is my creative uh, you know, outlet here. Okay. Number uh, 15 with 10% of the vote is Blizzard of Oz. You like that? Pretty good, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number 14. <laughs> I think there was probably marijuana involved in this. Number fourteen with ten percent, seven percent of the vote is C three peace no. I'll chuckle at that
4: one for you. I just Num- have another one that
3: isn't as good as a n- lot of the other ones. Number number okay. thirteen. If it's not
2: as good,
3: we'll save it. But... Ten point nine percent of the vote is <laughs> Edward Blizzard hands. Edward Blizzard hands. Okay. I realize that's a number twelve is. Uh, don't you snow as in, don't you know, number 11. Uh, Oh, this is terrible. Number 11 and no offense to my Indian friends is ikamna, which is Dakota word for blizzard. Let me tell you one thing that was not submitted. That was by the woksters in the government who mm-hmm. said we're gonna get two native words in here sir but they're not submitting we're getting two native words in here you understand <laughs> number ten is the same thing uh is uh Gwendolin which is ob Indian word for north wind which didn't happen number nine is and this is one that actually my wife with the absentee ballot but actually uh voted for was <laughs> sir plows a lot. <laughs> Okay, now this is very important, guys. These
4: are the actual names that are assigned now. These trucks now,
3: these names now are on trucks now plowing snow in Minnesota. Okay. Which the capital is... Sally. You have an uncle with a name. St.
4: Paul.
3: Correct. That is right, right?
2: Yes.
3: Number uh, number eight is... (laughs) Jesus. The truck formerly known as Plow... Not great. But they can't get the mm-hmm. mind off of Prince. Number seven. Now we're talking. Darth Blader.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: number six. F. Salt Fitzgerald.
4: <laughs>
3: I respect that. Whoever I said like that, that one, I could be friends with.
4: <laughs> F. Salt Fitzgerald. They're, they're
3: just enough of a jerk to be interesting. <laughs> um, number five. Sally, ready? Snowy One Kenobi. <laughs> number four. you have you no humor?
4: I'm laughing
3: at some of them. Number four. Paul Bunyan. Okay. Number three. This one would be good for your two younger brothers, Sally. The youngest two. Number three. Duck Duck Orange Truck. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: number... Two, Oh, just going to plow right past you. <laughs> what does that mean?
4: I guess it's like a Minnesota accent.
3: Okay. Thing. Number one, guys. Number one. <sighs> oh, good. No, no, no. Number one is a different one. Senobi One Kenobi was Four? number five. five. So number one is... Plowy McPlow Face! Yay! No, Yay, There we go. So that's the new fleet. You tell me if any other podcast right now educated people on the newest fleet of snow plows in mm-hmm. Minnesota. I doubt,
4: I don't think this one educated that many people either because they probably turned it off no somewhere around way. 17 names hey. into the plows. I'm No
3: way they did.
4: <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's uh, the kind of thing you, that you can find on Twitter. You can... Also, check out our Twitter.
3: By the way, we need your submissions for snow plows, please. Uh, and there, nothing is off limits.
4: Um. So I lost my train of thought. I was interrupted. Now we're Burn Barrel Pod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. You can email us, uh, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. Clam
3: Plowda, right? I guess Very, that's a
4: Boston-y Boston y kind of Boston, right? Plowda, yeah. Chowda, Sally. Um, and, uh, there's also a YouTube channel, Tom TomShotExpert. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> My enthusiasm level has dropped significantly. <sighs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more.